Good evening, everyone. I hope my voice is being heard right now. Let's get started. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. It's Thursday night, and we're all smoked out. <laughs> we can't breathe. We live in D.C. Yeah, we're locked indoors for the past three days. But it's not New York City, so, you know. Yeah, I know but New York is, is it, it, just the pictures are just amazing, right? Because have you ever seen those uh, pictures from, like, uh, several years ago? I think it's, like, Shanghai or whatever, with their big skyscrapers and the video walls all in smog, mm -hmm. and it looks exactly like Blade Runner because yes. that's the aesthetic or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, now New York, everybody pulled out the Blade Runner 2049 memes. Did you see that TikTok of people in Brooklyn who blasted out of a loudspeaker on their terrace the Dune music? No. <laughs> it was very funny. They that filmed awesome. themselves like standing with a giant speaker blasting the <laughs> – so good. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, for, for those of you who aren't on the, on the East coast, I, I know you don't care, <laughs> but, uh, it is, uh, it is a thing. It is quite a thing. We're getting Canada's secondhand smoke. Yes, that, that is exactly what's happening. But my favorite picture out of New York city so far is because like the, the latest iteration of Diablo just dropped. Oh. And so in Times Square, they had the advertising, welcome to hell, New York. And uh, clearly they did not predict that there would be like, you know, wildfire smoke everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't pass. I wouldn't put it past Activision Blizzard to actually set Lu every tree Lulu in Canada on said, fire. <laughs> Lulu said that Blizzard does not endorse the Canadian fires. Yes, they Lulu. They did not have anything to do with this. Yes, Lulu being Lulu Chan Maservi previously of uh, Substack, and now she's uh, at Activision Blizzard. She's on the board. Right, the head of Blizzard something at – But uh, yeah. she, but, And she's a, a consummate professional in the art of like – saying things on Twitter in a very like polite voice that makes people extremely angry. She's a very polite shit poster. Look, she has her job's not easy. No, being the I, being the mm -hmm. right, I'm saying like being the mm. the 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 person in your party who draws the aggro, is that a tank? I don't know RPGs, but like you know, the person who like draws all of the fire, that's her. She's running out there with the giant shield that's supposed to like absorb all the arrows ahead of the army. She's <laughs> got the Hinox toenail on. So, it. <laughs> it's just a tough. It's a tough gig, man. I don't know. Like I, people often say that I'm very thick-skinned online, and I think that it's that just means I'm good at faking it. <laughs> and I think she really, legitimately is thick-skinned in this. Uh, in these kinds of things. I mean, to take that position at freaking Activision after everything that's happened there. I mean, you. Ooh, man, mm -hmm. especially being a woman. Yeah, that's um, 
that's even tougher than her job at Substack. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, again, one, once again, we're here with uh, scraps. I we're we're, we're actually Canada's on fire. Yeah. Well, I, I know I, I, some part of Canada. I don't even really know what part of Canada is on fire. It's Alberta, honest. I think. Somewhere but on the east coast. <laughs> I just find I just find the talk about it to be boring. Climate change, not climate change. I think I just think that I mean, if you want to if you want to somewhat get into it, I think the big problem here is that. Uh, like on one hand, there's a un, uh, unwillingness to accept that some things have tertiary effects that are related to stuff that we do. And the other side refuses to be like measured about how much a certain thing plays into a certain weather event. Right. And so you have this thing where like a big fire like this happens and one side is like, it's all climate change. And the other side is like nothing to do with climate change. And it's like maybe a third order effect of because there are more forest fires for certain reasons and also things that we do that are environmental, but not, you know, climate change. Again, that's a dumb umbrella term, but like, you know, things that we do to the environment, like polluting the ocean, right? Like if we dump oil in the ocean, that's not climate change, but it is environmentally bad, right? For the, so I, it's it's just tiresome discourse because I do care about nature and I do think that there are problems in the way that we do certain things. But like every every way to oppose it is so kooky. Right. And we don't really know what caused the fire in Canada yet. But I do like just as a way of comparison, like the last huge, huge wildfire that happened in California Come to find out, it was like some dipshits that started a fire where you weren't supposed to start a fire. And then like half of California was on fire. Yes. Because it's dry and you have to do all kinds of things with forestry and clearing out underbrush and clearing out dead trees and all that stuff. And if you don't, things catch on fire. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of different things. But, of course, nobody knows how to act normal anymore about anything anywhere. So now this is just turning into a slap fight of – Basically, West Coasters accusing East Coasters like, oh, you guys only care when it happens to you. Like, no, it's every time there's a fucking wildfire on the West Coast, it's a story. Yeah. When it's a wildfire, like in Australia, it was a story. And I was in Australia. Like, that doesn't even affect us. Mm, there, and but, well, all, and also the forest fires on the West Coast are in the United States. Right. Like, this is kind of a weird thing where, like, we, we didn't even do anything. But no, they're like, <laughs> they're like, like, oh, now you guys care. Now, now everybody in New York City and DC wants to tweet about it. Like, I'm no. su- I swear it wasn't my joint mom. It was Canada smoking weed and it blew over. It blew over over to me. That's so. not weed smoke. It's wildfire smoke. Okay. And so the the problem with the climate change thing is that the climate change debate needs to be about trends, not about individual data points. But that's what everybody talks about. Like the best way that I ever heard it explained is this. Having a 500-year a weather event, you know, like a one in, mm-hmm. once at 500-year weather event is not climate change. Having five of them in a decade, that's – then you're starting to look at some kind of problem. Like why are uh, events this rare happening this often? So if somebody wants to say climate change is causing more – like forest fires mm-hmm. are more frequent – Sure, but that doesn't mean that you need to point to every single one and be like, "Look, see, this is the this is their fault," because the because even within 
like an increasing trend. Yeah, like just a, like you could have a case of arson that causes a giant forest fire or negligence. You know, why'd they have that fucking Smokey the Bear? Like there are many, many cases. You know who of, can prevent forest fires? Only you. Only you. Yeah, and by the way, yesterday was uh, Clean Air Day in Canada. <laughs> Good job, Canada. Amazing. Uh, oh, look at this. Lack of taste says Australian here. The bushfires from 2019 were devastating. And we spent that duration talking how much the government did not take action on climate change and not the shoddy ecological management that the state government barely take because they're focused on the latter and it all feels mutually exclusive. That's what happened in California where there was like the problem was California's terrible like efforts to like with forest management. Right. And so exactly and and the the it's it climate change is also a beautiful thing to blame your own failures on because it's this big net we're never going to fix it like you're never going to be able to get to the point where climate change doesn't exist quote unquote and therefore if there's a forest fire it's literally your fault and you can't blame anyone else right it's like oh no it's 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 the why it's almost like you're throwing your hands up and you're going like go talk to the oil executives right this is the the, the world we live in today uh, a lot of uh, per, uh, personal and institutional like accountability passing the ball uh, using climate change rhetoric. Right. And unfortunately, like the actual discussion about climate change and the sort of slap fight that's emerged again still is like the most intelligent conversation going on around this stupid wildfire now, because now now we're, we're bringing up the topic of masking again. <laughs> Katie Hochul, the governor of New York, said that she's going to be, you know, releasing X million number of N95 masks to New Yorkers because clearly, like, you can't even go outside there right now. And so now we've got the whole masking debate again. And you got because because nobody nobody can just be normal. Nobody can just be normal about anything. Now it's turning into this whole culture war thing where Fox News is bringing on people being like, you know what? They have this stuff all the time in India and China, and it's not a problem there. Like, actually, yes, it is yeah, a problem. It it's a major problem. Yeah, it kind of in is. India and China, mm -hmm. like air pollution and the health hazards associated with it. Huge problem there. Yeah, it's like it. It's like uh, North Korea got added to the like the board of the World Health Organization, <laughs> and it's like. Do you understand that they have like a pan, like a like epidemic of like childhood cataracts because of malnutrition? There's an right. like old documentary from Nat Geo, I think, called Inside North Korea, where a camera crew from Nat Geo snuck into North Korea, like disguised as like the AIDS as part of this like medical mission. There was some doctor who went to North Korea and did like pro bono cataract surgery on like kids and right. like t people in their 20s who have cataracts because they don't eat enough. And this camera crew like went there and pretended to do whatever and like filmed this sort of subversive documentary. It's really good, but it's like, I think it's like 20 years old at this point, but uh, uh, it's not better there now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I mean, conditions have not improved in North Korea over the past 20 years. Well, again, and it's, it's, it's another beautiful thing. Like how, you know, people say like, what, uh, uh, I, uh, I never wore a seatbelt as a kid and nothing happened, but it's like, yeah, if you look at how many people like got in car crashes with seatbelts and like didn't die as a result, or, uh, or it, it, yeah. And it's so it's, it's all about trends and not data points. Like when people say the life expectancy 500 years ago was 40, that doesn't mean people died at 40. It just means way, way more people died in childhood mm 
And that brought the average down. Plenty of people, like all our founding fathers, fucking lived into their 80s. Yeah, it wasn't like Logan's run, y'all. It was like, oh, you're 40. Yeah, it was obviously obviously far more class-based then than it is now. It is a lot easier to live into your old ages if you're not in the top, top echelon. And yeah, child mortality, which used to be the biggest thing. You know, people had eight kids and then like, Four of them survived to be adults, and then, and but some of them had like a bum leg, and one of them had polio or whatever. It's it that's the stuff that you don't like. That's the 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 truth behind the numbers, right? That you don't kind of think about when you just see it as a figure, like life expectancy or climate change, right? And so it's just like I said, it just it's the conversation is getting particularly stupid because now it's like. You don't have to wear a mask outside. They're like, okay, yeah, you go breathe wildfire soot, then dumbass. Like, yeah, you should probably like not go outside and breathe that in. And if you have to go outside, you should probably wear a mask. But no, no, the the elites want you to wear the mask. They want you to put the mask back on. It's a whole conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, like, you know what? It, at least in this case, they don't give a shit what other people do. Like, and that was my opinion about like masking as well. Like, do your own, take care of yourself. This, like, weird thing where, like, it's not, there's nothing, no matter what I do, I need other people to do a thing as well for me to feel safe. It's this weird, like, uh, like self-helplessness, this idea that, like, because there were, during the height of COVID, there were plenty of things that you could do yourself that, that, like, in, that meant that no matter what other people were doing, you were fine. Right. But people were, th- that wasn't enough for them. Like, because they needed to like feel safer visually. They wanted to look around and see masked people to like bring their anxiety level down. Cause if you had a double mask and an N95 and you wore the goggles and you got the shots or whatever, like it wouldn't matter. Like the, the, the increase in, uh, in risk is really, really small. Right. But no. So at least now it's like, yeah, fine. You want to wear an N95 so you don't cough and don't inhale all that particular shit. Get fucking or better yet, if you don't knock want yourself to, out, don't. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, no, so I stay up all night hacking up a lung. That's I. It, I'm I'm sure like you really showed somebody something. Yeah, I really did not. I I spent uh, I spent as little time as I could out yesterday and today because i have to because of my dog otherwise mm-hmm. i would have been like fuck you outdoors <laughs> and i have to give somebody credit for like doing my grocery run for me today yeah i was because again i was out already so <laughs> i'm a nice guy um uh we can uh we can t- so before we get into tucker i just want to say because this literally just like was announced at right as we hit record i guess so trump it looks like trump is going to get indicted in the uh, classified documents thing, right? Uh, yes, of course. It's like a big, it's it's climbing up the charts yes. on the training. Oh, currently at number five. Number five and climbing fast. It's uh, Donald Trump with, <laughs> I'm indicted again. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Uh, Here I go again on my, on my own. own. <laughs> Going down the only road I've ever known. It's an amazing road beautiful like a drifter i was born to walk alone (laughs) but i've made up my mind and i ain't wasting no more time there's gonna be a truth (laughs) that is somewhere along those lines (laughs) do i get any credit for just like pulling out the lyrics to that (laughs) and out of nowhere out of my ass 
we're fucking old. That's the problem. <laughs> orange snake. Yes, Glenn Olson. Orange snake. <laughs> um, it's actually even funnier when you know that the origins of the name White Snake. Oh, I don't. Oh, I will. Um, well, as <laughs> as the urban legend goes, Dave Coverdale named the band White Snake after his um, oh, okay. uh, lower appendage. Sure, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. After his uh, glam cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, and and I think uh, I think uh, from listening to the to the analysis of the Trump stuff that I feel like is like the least uh, um, prone to hyperbole, a podcast that I listen to, people are going to laugh when I tell you who else it, but I'll, I'll say something about it. It's the advisory opinions podcast with Sarah Isger and <clears throat> David French. And I will say that weirdly David French is way more uh, like comes across as way more reasonable and reasoned and uh, like, I don't know, well put together quote unquote on that podcast. than I feel like he does on Twitter. I think he sometimes does himself a disservice with his own tweets. Don't we all, but one thing that they really do well on this podcast is because David French will easily like shoot down anti-Trump stuff that feels uh, ridiculous. Cause it's a legal podcast. It's not a political podcast. Talk about court cases, mostly Supreme court, but not only. Um, and uh, according to them, this one, the classified documents one, has the the most like meat to it. Feels like the least fishing expedition-y, mm -hmm. which is what kind of the brag thing is. Uh, and the implication of that, I think, regardless of whether you think it's a witch hunt or not, is that there's a good chance that he's going to be really tied up in this. And uh, once again, becoming like a uh, a, a point against him for people who aren't so commit pot committed and there's the sunk cost is so deep that they're never, ever going to budge from his side. Mm -hmm. But, but I do think that among people who are glad, you know, who would gladly go vote for him in the election think, ah, and it's, and it's, and it's his personal problems. And it's like, there's plenty of other Republicans that I like and stuff. And they're not somehow this doesn't happen to them. I don't know, whatever. I, I do think this is, has the potential to hurt him. It'll probably bump up his polls initially, like tomorrow, mm -hmm. but I, we're, we're, I, I'm, we'll see again. There's a lot of time. We spoke about this on the pod. There's, there's lots of time there's, and these people are at any given moment able to do a thing that will change things radically. That's where we are. I don't know if that was true 50 years ago. I mean, of course, a, you know, a, a water gate or a whatever, had right. the thing. but like the, everyone in politics now is so fucking volatile, including Biden. Uh, that you don't, you just don't know. You wake up tomorrow to some earth shattering news and, you know, so we'll see. Everybody's just going to fall off the face of the planet. We're going to get Mike Pence as the GOP nominee, <laughs> which isn't probably a Sunday conversation, but we're starting to see like, I mean, there's him. Um, Chris Christie is now kind of really getting out there and joining the race and being kind of like explicitly anti-Trump, even from more of like a, like a policy perspective, which I, 
Okay, thank you, Chris Christie. I'll, I'll say it. Thank you for like actually having substantive policy discussions and like policy differences and pointing out where Donald Trump during his years as president really didn't do any of the things he said he was going to do and didn't do any of the things that he says he's going to do. Yeah. I mean, I think that came, that has also been coming now from like this, the DeSantis camp, the idea of like, you know, he said he would do this stuff. He would, mm-hmm. he said he's, he says he's going to do this stuff. He was president for four years. Where is it? Right. And that's a, that to me is a perfect attack for someone who doesn't want to get super dirty and ugly because like, it's it's, subst- it's substantive. Because yeah. like, what what would he say? Oh, he said I'm gonna declassify the JFK assassination files, right? He and said it's that like before. and he and three times he like delayed, 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 right. and then because of COVID, because of national security, all kinds of stuff like that. And it's like okay, then what? Like what? What's what's the point of this promise? I mean, it's just to draw attention. I mean, and I'm waiting for the somebody to point out the fact that even during the first two years of Trump Trump's presidency he had a Republican Congress and you still didn't do anything. So yeah, but anyway, you got him and now we've got, bless his heart, Mike Pence is running and he was- And Doug Burgum? Mike Pence was just the, the most absolute normie little Mike Pence for president official logo that you've just ever seen in your entire life. And I'm just going to start calling him Mayo Mike. I love because it's, yeah. it's just so it looks like like his his campaign little graphic looks like it belongs on a jar of mayonnaise. And like this is just going to be the most aggressively normal campaign ever. And I'm just kind of excited about it. I got the funniest replies on my tweet about his logo or here, right. where people are just putting it on various labels of things. Right. I mean, look at it. <laughs> here, it look, looks it's like, like a, it looks like it belongs on like food. Or a general something. store. Mike Pence farm fresh eggs. Yes. It's like, it's like it just has that vibe. Like this is just going to be so aggressively like <laughs> normie like mid 80s republican campaign <laughs> farm fresh eggs <laughs> mike pence mayonnaise and he and and again he has a really weird like because he has no prospects i really think that his i kind of sympathize with him a little because here here is mike the trajectory of mike pence's life I, I do think there are few people in this world who hate Donald Trump more than Mike Pence mm-hmm. because he's a he's super, super old fashioned, straight laced, fuddy duddy Christian guy who is like a consummate professional politician. Right. He does all of the right things and he for his party, whatever, for, forget how that reads with like liberal Hollywood. But he 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 did all the correct things to bring him to the point that he was. And uh, the and he was the hit that he was asked to take for the team was to be VP of this fucking flailing maniac who is like the the polar opposite of him in almost every single way. Right. Right. And he was like, you know, this sucks, but I'll do it. And he got hate. Now he's like detested by both like the left and the people who were like the the supporters of the guy that whose running mate he was and in the republican party nobody really cares about him <laughs> he's got to be fucking he's, he's got to be fucking seething and i think he was like fuck it i'm running for president and i don't give a shit <laughs> 
I don't care. It's time to do something for me. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be my time. Yeah, I've told my this. Time. I've told this story many times, but I watched Mike Pence deliver a speech once. I believe it was in 20, 2017. So right after like Trump came into office. Mm -hmm. And I walked away from that speech like believing in my heart that he hated Trump because of how he spoke about him compared to how he spoke about like his faith and going to visit washing the feet of uh, you know lepers in Brazil mm -hmm. or whatever it was that he did and like true with true emotion in his voice or whatever. And every time he spoke about Trump, it was like emotions shut off <laughs> politics mode engage and i was like oh he hates trump oh he hates and yeah i think history has proven me right um so yeah i mean at least at this point i kind of get it i get why he's doing it <laughs> you stole everything from me yeah he that's that's mike pence's super villain arc <laughs> is that is that at the at, on the cusp of greatness trump fucking <laughs> godzilla his way into took, his like you took my life from me <laughs> it is like your wedding being interrupted by a godzilla foot <laughs> right through the church <laughs> this was supposed to be my job yeah uh anyway in other news we were entering the age of twitter tv i guess or something. coinciding with the weird goings on at cnn we didn't talk about this Did this even happen no it didn't i think he i think he got the walk in the park with the with the zazz on monday yeah chris licked got fired from cnn i mean uh, where he, he hadn't barely done got hired and yeah now he's fired. essentially because of uh an article that uh tim alberta wrote about him uh because he was like nobody I, I didn't even know about the article until he was fired i was like wait what who who wrote about what I oh mean, boy and he i mean clearly like cnn's been kind of a shit show lately but i mean it's been always been a shit show the, the the thing is the funny part is like he lost everybody's faith there because of his desire to make it more neutral and less opinion based and so everybody hated him there but then it didn't happen right <laughs> And everybody acted like, oh, it's good that he's gone because that was the direction CNN was going. And I was like, did anybody notice any – he fired like three people who were like exceptionally shitty about stuff like that. And yeah, he like uh, – I think he gave uh, Oliver Darcy a dressing yeah, down. gave him a talking to. Uh, about something, about Made the Santos cry. or something like that. But like – Made him cry on Twitter. Yeah, but like the the, the attitude didn't – the, like the general, I saw just the same kinds of clips from the same kinds of people saying the same kinds of things there. In fact, that was like the meme that I saw going like, oh, is this your idea of a more whatever? I, I am, I am, I did laugh that they fired, that they also fired Dornich, the head of CNN PR or whatever, mm -hmm. who way before the Licked era, he was like Zucker's. He was the he was Zucker's Lulu <laughs> going on Twitter and taking heat for bullshit CNN did. He was a trooper for them for I hate I, like he's terrible, right? But mm -hmm. he was a trooper for CNN and I really do not know why why he got fired too, but they yeah, kicked him out the door. You know, fire yeah. everybody. Why yeah. Not? He fell on top of uh of uh, of Chris Licht when they threw him out like Jazzy Jeff in the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Would you agree that cable news is dying as a medium? Well, we're kind of talking about this now because Tucker is now on Twitter. So speaking of fired people. 80 billion people watched Tucker's thing. I thought it was 760 bajillion. Mm -hmm. 
I saw the Twitter stat. So yes. it was somewhere there. About. The numbers, the numbers don't lie. Mm, except when they do. Except when they do. Except lie is a, is a, is a bad okay. word here because nobody, nobody is deliberately, uh, like, um, uh, trying to mislead you. It's all technically above board, whatever. Yeah. No, cause I'll tell you okay. what I, I'll tell okay, you what I mean by this. Every social media company has an interest in big numbers. They're selling ads. They're, they're advertising themselves as a platform with lots of eyes. And so for them to count those eyes in the broadest way possible is whatever, right? It's, it's, it's like scummy self, uh, uh, publicity as normal, right? I'm not buying but, ad space, so I don't care. Right. I was saying, but here's the thing mm -hmm. because it's, well, Okay, so let's back up and explain to the people who don't understand. Because mm. this was something that like kind of genuinely shocked me that any social media platform in 2023 is still counting views like this, especially Twitter. So as everybody knows, like when you're scrolling through your TL, like Twitter auto plays videos. And so when they're doing their view counts and when they're doing like, you know, impressions and stuff like that, they're counting anything beyond one second as a view, mm -hmm. which if you like, that's absolutely insane and ridiculous. And here's why, because this is something that both Facebook and YouTube got popped for back in the day. So YouTube still does this, by the way, YouTube uh, now, apparently, cause I was talking no, about YouTube. Apparently, look, if I hover over and now it's playing, right. But I don't that's, know a, they, that's counted as a view. Well, here's the thing. That's crazy. Way, I'm not way, watching it. Way, way, way back in the day, like over a decade ago at this point now, like back when content creators could first start monetizing on, on YouTube, they did actually do view counts like that. Like if you watched a video for one second, it counted as like a video view. So you had this bumper crop of content creators who just wrote really, really insanely clickbait headlines just to get you to click on the video. Mm -hmm. And because I knew like, as long as you watched it for a minute, even if you bounced out, that still counted as uh, a, view a second. Count. You mean? Yeah. A second <laughs> that counted as a view count and that counted towards their monetization. And so eventually everybody caught rid of this and YouTube viewers got pissed off because they're like, okay, now the site is just flooded with like these freaking spam videos that are just here for content mon monetization. Mm -hmm advertisers got mad because they found out they're like, wait a minute, it's you're counting one second as a view and you're charging us based on this. Like that's insane. Facebook. And I, I feel like I'm the only person that remembers this era of Facebook, the whole pivot to video. Yeah, sure. One of the reasons why that ended up crashing and burning is because Facebook did that same thing that Twitter's doing right now, where, I mean, obviously videos audio play on Facebook and they were counting anything with one second as a view advertisers found out suit the shit out of them and they had to settle for 40 million dollars mm -hmm. so this is why i was like i in 2023 i am shocked that anybody would even try to float this because it's been tried before once advertisers find out that that's what's going on they get pissed and it's um yeah twitter already has a problem right now with advertisers and this is not going to help because i mean when you're doing that, like you're inflating a view count. And so even if you're like a content creator and you're genuinely like trying to put together like your package of stats, if you want to like approach people for like 
I mean, and again, this like it's not doesn't exactly work this way on Twitter because you can't really like monetize your own content on Twitter. You have to go through them anyway. When you're trying to put together like a portfolio of your content, you want to be able to show like how many like legitimate views your video got. And so now the whole thing is like this all blew up because Tucker Carlson's first video dropped on YouTube and it's got insane numbers. But it has insane numbers because literally anybody who had that pop up on their TL, like that counted as a view count. So it's kind of bullshit. So there's there's a couple of things to talk about here. And uh, I can finally pull off my pull on my hat and be like, as <clears throat> someone who's worked for many years in social media analytics, here's what I have to say about this. But it's true. I have worked multiple <laughs> jobs for many years in social media analytics. And there's a couple of things here. One thing is that if a company just goes off of the the raw view count, they're doing they're not doing due diligence because you're you can look you can on Twitter and also on YouTube, mm -hmm. you can look up your own uh, audience retention by time, including like if you post a video, you can see how many people watch for one second, how many people watch for five, ten, mm -hmm. fifteen, etc. Uh, YouTube has a, a much more complicated like audience retention graph and shows you re audience retention percentage, mm -hmm. which is one of the more important stats. Like an advertiser won't ask you how many views you get or they will, but they'll also ask for the audience audience retention. Right. Uh, Your retention rate. Right. Uh, and it's like on my dumb videos that nobody cares about, I got, I get around 50% and it says this is lower than average or whatever, because who wants to watch my six hour video game stream from years ago. But, uh, um, so that's one thing. The second thing is what are we measuring now? Right? Because the thing that I was annoyed about, about people saying, look at how many people view, how many views this got was I'm not talking about advertising. I'm talking about, uh, how people are trying to measure, the social influence that Tucker Carlson will have on Twitter compared to what he had on Fox News. Now, on Fox News, they throw the number out. He had 3 million viewers on a nightly basis, right? Okay, cool. So we can assume that that is the number of roughly the number of people who will watch Tucker Carlson every night and listen to what he says and think it's good, right? Some of them don't. Some of them are like people who watch it because they hate him or they need to for work mm -hmm. or they are – indifferent and bored or they're in a waiting room. I don't know what, but for the most part, it's people watching cause they want to watch Tucker Carlson cause they like him. So his video got 60 million views or something like that. So first of all, it's not 60 million people who watched. It's an hour long or no, it was an hour. It's a long video though. So longer than any video on, on fucking Twitter needs to be, which that's a whole nother conversation. Well, again, but... it's his, now it's his TV show or whatever you want to call it. Watch a TV show uh, I wanna. I'm actually. I'm actually curious to see episode two, episode one, episode. No, sorry, episode one was ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, it has a hundred. No, the, yeah, the video has a hundred and eight million views, right? Which is a ton. Allegedly, uh, we can't. No, I, well, again, whatever. Like I said, it. That's the the hit rate, including incidental views, which I went into. Now, 
uh, on Twitter, Tucker Carlson will get way more eyeballs of people who don't like him because on Fox News, you got to go watch Fox right. News. Here you're scrolling through your timeline. You see Tucker Carlson for better or worse. Maybe you click, maybe you watch for five seconds. I watched the video for 10 seconds just to see what he was talking about. And it was Ukraine and it was Tucker Carlson. So I was like, yoik, see you later. <laughs> And, uh, and so I, yeah, sure. I count as a view. I count as a more than one second view. Right. But I didn't watch it, consume it and like be convinced by it. So uh, all I was trying to say when I went on my rant on Twitter about it was that to measure his influence, like to measure how many people now are Tucker Carlson viewers looking at this number won't tell you anything, right? Right. It'll tell you that this video got around Twitter a ton. That's what it says. You can say it went mega viral on Twitter and that would not be an exaggeration because it did. It has 238,000 retweets and it has almost 850,000 likes. It's a mega, mega viral tweet. All I'm saying is Tucker Carlson's audience didn't grow from 3 million to 100 million just because he went on Twitter. But some people were kind of acting like it was, it was like, this is the death of media. And it's like, no, it's also the first episode, which will generally have the most anticipation and the most curiosity, including for people who hate him. Because I think that every person I hate on Twitter watched it and I didn't. <laughs> you know, like Taylor Lorenz watched. How many times did Taylor Lorenz watch Tucker Carlson on Fox News when he wasn't talking about her? Probably zero. Probably. And so that's – so – you just got to think about much like we were talking about climate change. You got to think beyond the raw number and think about the, the, like the, 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 the more sophisticated breakdown of what's going on here. But I mean, it probably was viewed by like the whole thing by way more than would watch a Tucker Carlson episode on a random night on Fox news. Well, see, here's what I wonder though, because I'm looking at the amount of likes Mm -hmm. So, okay. So it's at what? Over like 80,000 likes? No, 850,000. Okay. So that would still. You're right. So like, is... so say like 850,000 people actually watched this whole thing and liked it. That would be a substantial drop from his audience at Fox News. That's an interesting point. If you're measuring how many people watched right. the video and also uh, liked, liked it. it. Right. Mm. Analytics queen, Jen Monroe right here. <laughs> See, that's a really great point because if you wanna if you wanna compare the view to like ratio here, that's it's insane. less than ten percent, right? Right? It's like eight percent. Yeah, or that's like, like that. a, that's like genuinely like a devastating number. Like, so that's a very that's a very good point that I didn't think about and I didn't see anybody else make too. So, because I mean, I would credit think, her for this, right? Because I would I would think that I mean, and obviously you never. It feels weird to even like look at likes as like a barometer of anything because that's what I'm just the most manipulated stats on Twitter. But I think that would be a good metric to say, okay, this many people like actually liked what they watched. And you know what? Let's let's combine the likes and the retweets, even though a lot of people like and retweet. Let's just say that everyone who retweeted it didn't also like it. Right. That still puts you at about a little over a million, which is, again, still less than 10% like to view ratio and a third of the amount of right. rough amount of people that we estimate watched and liked Tucker Carlson on a nightly basis on Fox News. See, that's a very interesting point.
Right, because he was rocking, I think, about 3 million viewers a night, which, like I said, if you're going off of like likes and retweets here, this is a very substantial drop yeah. in audience. Now, if Tucker Carlson's ultimate goal is to gain new viewers and and, and, and convince people who don't like him, this is a better platform for him objectively just because he's more, he's he has greater exposure and to people who hate him and people who hate him have greater exposure to it it's also devoid of all of the chaff that you get with a cable news show the hour long format the bumpers and the stingers and the commercials and the you got to get a guest and whatever it's this is like 10 minutes i'm going to give you a monologue on exactly what i think about a thing no bells and whistles, which again, Taylor Lorenz thought was bad. And I was like, I don't know, man. I If I were like a nightly cable news viewer and someone said to me, here's your favorite pundit. They're going to talk for 10 minutes. No commercials, no nothing. Watch it whenever you want. Mm. I would probably be like, yeah, cool. How do I download Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> how do I use the Twitter? Yeah. I got to call my grandson. How, how do I, I, what do I do? What mm -hmm. do I do? And so I, all, all I've got on my phone right now is anime porn. How do I see Tucker? <laughs> Show me how to get to Tucker. <laughs> I got this pop up from uh, Kiss Anime. Nobody gets that joke. <laughs> it's an anime piracy site. Oh, maybe there's someone here who has an anime avatar, I think. Anyway, um, yeah, so, and I think we established already that Tucker Carlson does not need any money. <laughs> Anytime I, soon Tucker, in his life. I, Tucker Carlson never needed to work like a day in his whole ass entire life. Yeah. And then he also became independently wealthy. Right. After having born, <laughs> he was born, born into wealth. wealthy. Yeah. Became more wealthy. Is ridiculously wealthy. Yeah. Does not need any more money. And so he, you know what? I would not pass because again, a, a, something about Tucker Carlson that, that people don't realize. It's one of the reasons that I dislike him so much is he is actually a really smart guy and is probably just mm. bullshitting people. Absolutely. And that really annoys me. Another person like that is JD Vance, by the way, who is like super smart. And yeah, he wrote the whatever. And he, now he acts like a kind of a, like a political toady. And I do. I do think that on some level, Tucker Carlson is just a huge, hugely dishonest, like, oh, supervillain. Yeah, I mean, we found this out. Like, Well, I mean, his spot, like, officially oh, got right. blown up with the text messages right, about right. Trump. Of course, of course. And so, I, and so if, if we, because someone here, someone said, like, if they said 100 billion viewers, Dr. Evil, like, 100 billion viewers. <laughs> but in a way, it is kind of a Dr. Evil-ish to be like, here's my master plan. I'm going to do a show on Twitter. And the hate shares are going to eventually convince people, ah, 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 twirls mustache. And see, that's kind of the funny thing, too, is like more exposure is a dual-edged sword because you have the possibility of reaching more people that may like you. You also have the possibility of reaching more people who were neutral about you or didn't particularly have an opinion about you or thought – like never watch them on Fox News because like they're not going to bother like cut the TV on and turn on Fox News to watch Tucker Carlson. But we're like, you know, I, I'm sure this is all just hyperbole and this dude isn't like as bad as they say he is. And then like you get a chance to see him. You're like, oh, shit. Yes. Wow. Yeah. OK. Yes. Um, and it's wow. as, as lack of <laughs> as lack of taste to, says uh, uh, John Podhortz on the commentary magazine uh, podcast really went hard on Tucker because like he had given him a job 30 years ago at full disclosure. <clears throat> he, uh, John's mm. my uncle. 
So he basically, actually, this is your family's fault. He actually has. He actually shouted me out on the on the podcast today. Your, your family's fault that we are having to talk about Tucker Carlson right now. Yes. Well, no. I, I mean, probably not because again, he didn't need that job. <laughs> you know, I mean, he got. He didn't. Wasn't like he needed it to eat. Like God, your your family brought us Tucker Carlson and Sohab Amari. Like I, you know, <laughs> you know. Wow. Uh, wow. Wow. I used to. I used to like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did used to not be. He used to not crazy. Suck. Yeah. Anyway, and now he's realizing that like maybe he should have like not sucked as bad because the leopards are going to eat his face too. <laughs> oh, the aliens thing. Oh, did he talk? Did Tucker talk about aliens mm -hmm. on his uh, first show? Oh yeah, he talked about the aliens. He's all in. Okay. He absolutely believes the whistleblower. I mean, sure. I, it's again, I, like we talked about this on the pod. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's aliens. I'm sure we have alien spacecraft. Is I, this story? Jen, Jen is sure. I, I, I think not. I am sure. I think not. I am sure. I'm saying if it is, it's a fact. I just wanna. I just like I, on Jeopardy. It's a fact. Give me the. Give me the. Uh, show me the money. I, show <laughs> me the. Th show me the thing that this is not. This is something that I will not. I'm gonna find an alien now. I'm gonna find an alien. I'm gonna take pictures. I'm gonna send them to you. Uh, again, Clint Olson, we said this on Ambitious Crossover, but I'll, I'll say this again. You're just talking about what I need to assume in each scenario, right? In order for there to, in order for this whistleblower to be right, I need to assume that a big chunk of what we think we know about the universe is totally fucking wrong. And for me to assume that they aren't, I just gotta assume that this guy is wrong or exaggerating or I don't know what. I have no idea what, because like, Someone speaking on his behalf, his lawyer, I think, or whatever, who was also one of these guys, said something like that this is a global phenomenon that a lot of governments around the world have alien craft and it's we're in an arms race to like reverse engineer their technology. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, come on, man. I'm how big – really, multi, you think multiple governments are just able to do this and nobody has any – I just – I don't – it, all of it feels way too – like way too improbable to all – to be this airtight. So my my thing about conspiracy theories, not I, I don't think aliens are conspiracy theory, but my thing about conspiracy theories is that always at the end of all of this, it somehow always gets blamed on the Jews. <laughs> and so I just had this thought. I'm like, and now I'm just waiting for somebody to come out and say that Iron Dome is a Jewish conspiracy because they got alien tech from the aliens that they're hiding from everybody. Cause it's whenever, if you, if anything, like it's a globalist conspiracy, globalist means Jew. Yeah. So I'm just waiting, like, you know what? It's, 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 it's Jew alien technology. And I think I, I've and said they won't before, share it with anybody. I think the, 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 the belief, the, the, the belief again, that like everything good, everything good that humanity has done actually came from aliens is similar to the, the, uh, the annoying cliche, in media, we're like, we're the real monsters, right? <laughs> it's like one of my most hated cliches, even though some of some pieces of media that I that I adore feature it, like the anime Shiki, which is about vampires, but in the end, humans are the real monsters, even mm -hmm. though I don't really. But it's more complicated than that. Never mind. Mm -hmm. But uh, but it's but it's it comes from that same weird like 
lack of faith in humanity in general. So like anything good we now, we probably got it from somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. And every, and, and like the ultimate point about every uh, monster from legend or fiction or any kind of evil that we perceive is that actually we are the evil, not it. And it's just like, uh, it's just misanthropic. It's really annoying. It's like, yeah, if it, it also like uh, it, with the alien, like the ancient aliens thing, like contains this kind of sense of <laughs> superiority, like, oh, those primitives back then couldn't do fuck you. They had to live in like a really harsh world. And yeah, they fucking built a pyramid using sand and logs and like and you can't fucking get a job. <laughs> Shut up. Yes, you can. You, you can type on an iPhone and you know what space looks like, but you're you're. <laughs> You're a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a great insult. <laughs> that wasn't good. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it just I, I I feel like that's where a lot of that is coming from. This this idea of like, oh, that these primitive people back then, there's no way they didn't have they didn't have fucking Uber Eats. How did they ever but accomplish they, anything? They had like math that we still haven't like figured our way back out to yet yeah they like people in the ancient world did some shit that like we came back around to doing thousands of years later yeah with like technology and stuff but it's like yeah they like worked it out with an abacus right know, fucking pythagoras and shit I they did. you know worked out like they triangulated distance to the stars using a fucking they drew it with a stick in sand <laughs> how did they build the pyramids um Horrific slave labor. That's yeah. how they built the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> Slaves. Do not discount the the <laughs> the abilities of a, a slave labor force over you know potentially decades. Right. Slaves Doesn't care. built them pyramids. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people say that that's not true exactly, but whatever. I'm mm. not gonna. I'm I'm Jewish. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not touching that with the ten foot pole. Jews built them pyramids. Yeah, alien space <laughs> junk. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, oh, you know they do tell me that you guys have the space laser. Yes, I've heard this. Yes, I mean that's again how they, more alien tech that the Jews are hoarding. Why from do us. you th why do you think they why do you think it crashed crashed because of the because of the Jewish space lasers the fucking space laser. Uh huh. They're not aimed at Earth. That's what Marjorie <laughs> Taylor Greene got wrong. They're aimed out at space. We're keeping you safe, people. We're the last line of defense against <laughs> the alien invaders. The Jews. <laughs> God's chosen people to save us from the aliens. They <laughs> just forgot that last part. Yeah, the, mo the movie pitch is coming. I actually, you know what? I'll share a cringe. I'll space. share a cringe, embarrassing uh, story from my past. I, When I was a kid, I wrote a short story where aliens come to Earth and we discover that they're Jews. <laughs> How did you discover they were Jews? Because they came to Earth because in because their religion on their planet told the story of like the Jewish Bible, mm -hmm. but that it was in like a faraway land and that they needed to do an exodus there. And so when they got here, we found out that they were Jews. And that kind of creates this sort of implication that Judaism is tr tr like the true religion. And so it causes a big like world religious war. And I fucking wish I still had it. I would totally like cringe post it on Twitter, That's but amazing. it was on an old computer of mine that died with everything on it, including a lot of cringe short stories that I wrote as a kid. 
<laughs> we don't have to talk about the rest of them. But it was just a weird thought that I had. Like, what? what because, you know, people theorize about aliens. Because, you know, like, one of the most annoying, like, smug atheist things to say is, like, oh, aliens will definitely not have a religion. If they've discovered interstellar, then they've grown past that our civilizationally. And I was thinking about that and I thought like, okay, what kind of religion would aliens have? And I was like, wait, what if they had one of our religions? Or what if we, <laughs> what, or another story where, what about an alien who converts to Judaism? Oh God. What if, what if the aliens come here and they come down to like, you know what? The Jews were right. The, 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 yep. We're here from millions and millions and millions of light years away. And you know what? They're the chosen the people. Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now all y'all, rest of y'all, got to be their slaves. Sorry, yeah. and we're enforcing it with our Sorry. alien technology. <laughs> Religious panspermia, we're, yeah. I was like, we're, we're here to answer the question, and it is the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Christians, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, all the rest of you, but it, it was, they're right. There's I mean, the Jews. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that, that definitely would not help the conspiracy theory that Jews are lizards from space, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Jewish space lasers, shit. They apparently colonize space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is actually a science fiction book. I'm not going to tell you which one because it's a spoiler. <laughs> but that in the end, you just you kind of discover that the reason Earth was destroyed was that uh, uh, some like group, whatever. I'm going to be vague about it. Someone created some kind of weapon that was supposed to only target Jews this sort of super weapon, not a disease, like a literal thing. Right. And it went crazy and killed everyone. Except for the Jews? No. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, not everyone. That would have been ironic. Not. Some Jews, some Jews survive, <laughs> like some, some of everyone kind of survives I mean, a little bit. But yeah, it's, um, nothing, nothing has managed to get rid of the Jews. <laughs> There's still a few of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the, the joke, you know, about yep. the every Jewish holiday. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I, I don't know if – do we have anything else to, to discuss briefly? Do we want to mention briefly that we're watching the, the, the most trash drama reality show ever made? Right. So if you guys have joined us at any point in the past, you know we watch like the trashy reality TV dating here, kind of air quotes dating. Well, I, well, no, technically they're not dating. They're in a trial marriage. They're yeah, that's the thing. So it's not it's not watch, just your random like bachelorette. Like we yeah, go we, we go one tier lower than that. Right. So right now <laughs> we're watching the ultimatum queer love. Oh hold on. We we talked across the Spider-Verse on Ambitious Crossover. But we can talk I mean Yeah, okay. Now we that just, we're, we're a little further away from sure. it. We can because I mean we when we, when we record, like, obviously we watched it Friday night. We record on Sunday. Like, it's not reasonable to expect everybody to have seen the movie by, like, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, when I do think everyone on Earth has seen it by now, though. Everybody. <laughs> kind of, yeah. More people have seen Across the Spider-Verse than saw Tucker Carlson's video. <laughs> that is a fact. That's a bona fide fact. Look it up. That's very funny. And uh, and by the way, uh, an anecdote that I heard about it that we didn't talk about it last week that on the, the pod is that it's apparently the longest uh, American animated movie ever made. I think it's like 140 minutes long. And uh, I joked to Jenna, I was like, we literally just watched an anime movie the other week that is longer than that. But it's not as animated as this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this movie is animated in every sense of the word. It's not only animation, but it's literally always animated. There's never like a static moment in it. Every moment of it is like was hard worked on by lots and lots of people. 
Right. And so the, the plot itself is basically <laughs> making fun of the idea of canon. Yeah. Which okay, is so hold on. beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So spoiler alert, I guess. Kind well, of. I, mean, I know we, we're not. Oh, here's the thing. Yeah. What we're not going to do is say the ending. Mm. You know, everything that happens like in the end, that's like the big what people say it's are the, disappointed that it's a cliffhanger ending. I don't, I don't see. Here's the thing. And and. I guess here's where the debate is. I don't feel like that ending is a cliffhanger in the true sense of the word. You know what's going to happen in the next movie. It sets up the next movie. It's not, it, it would be a cliffhanger if the reveal didn't happen. That would be a cliffhanger. Yeah. Or, but the or, reveal happens. Or so. here, here's an example. Here's an example of a, of a cliffhanger. Let's say I'm not, this has nothing to do with, I'm like, I'm deliberately not relating it to this one. But let's say that, you know, your hero is hanging off the edge of a cliff and they slip and fall into the abyss and then the movie ends. That's right? a cliffhanger. That's a cliffhanger. What isn't a cliffhanger is I'm trying to find a, an, an example. Like at the end of like Fellowship of the Ring, right? The right. story isn't over. Like nothing is resolved. Right. People will say that movie has a better internal like uh, like structure where it, it ends. But – it kind of doesn't. They just kind of split up and that's it, right? right? It felt more like this. It felt more like it ended with establishing what the third movie would be about. Right. Right. The ending is the establishing conflict for the next movie. And so uh, the fact that so many reviewers were like, this movie was awesome, but I was kind of disappointed by the cliffhanger ending. I was like, that sucks. We all know that the next movie is eight months away. Like, it's not even that they made a movie and like left it super open for a sequel, not knowing that. No, they worked on both. Like, it's a, it's like a two. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they literally released uh, the released the release date for Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is going to be in March of next year. Like, yeah. They released that like. Was it the day of or the day after? The day after, I think. Yeah. And uh, and initially when it was announced, it was announced as a part one. They, I think, decided to change the names from across part one and part two to across and beyond. But um, um, but yeah, or I Dune. Dune. Well, people also don't like the ending of Dune. But I, but I've I've said this before about pacing, show pacing. In our world of streaming and availability of things after the fact or whatever. The way something is paced when it first airs or the 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 space between two movies is literally only relevant once the first time it happens. And then for the rest of eternity, everybody can binge watch entire shows and right. and see how they're and, and see how the pacing works or whatever or or uh or watch all of the MCU and you know one after the other or do all kinds of that and then complaining about like the how the space between all oh, 8 months or whatever it's like that's only you are going to suffer this everybody else who watches it for the rest of history won't have this problem that's a very like of the moment sort of thing mm -hmm. where i think people have gotten spoiled by the idea that like you like and a lot of people purposely do this where you'll wait until like the end of a series to binge watch a series or you'll wait till the end of like a trilogy to watch the whole trilogy whereas back in our day you didn't <laughs> have that luxury you had to watch things as they came out yeah look uh there's an anime called hunter hunter and it has an arc where like 
like a fight between two characters will take like six episodes to play out because they're really like because it 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 pauses for them to have internal monologues during it and they it, they explain because it's like a super fast battle between two like super powerful beings mm-hmm. so they got to kind of break it down on a really granular level right and when i watched it as it was airing it was fucking excruciating but all I could think of wasn't, ah, the pacing of this show sucks. It was, ah, I'm jealous of people who are going to watch right. this when it's all available. Like, you got to keep that in mind. Like, it's, it, it, like I said, over the life of these shows, if you look 50 years down the line, the uh, overwhelming majority of viewers of everything will have watched it not when it was brand new, like the first time. Right. Uh, most of the stuff I've seen in my life. I probably didn't watch the like quote unquote the first time. Right. When it like originally aired. No, all of the big shows, the Sopranos and Breaking Bad and whatever Game of Thrones. I watched as it was airing, for example, but like, or, or I watched Lord of the Rings movie. I, I went to the premieres of all three Lord of the Rings movies, but mm-hmm. like most people I know now who are maybe a little younger than I am, did not. Right. I mean, and if you did, it was probably at an age where, like, that didn't really mean anything to you. Yeah, like, and I, like, a big, like oh. yeah, and I vividly remember. I wa- want to go see The Hobbits. And I vividly remember walking out of The Fellowship of the Ring, and my friend who was there with me said, is it next year yet? <laughs> and I said, Ugh, right. But, like, now and I got them that. on my shelf right here. Yeah. I could watch all three at once if I want. And that's for the and and yeah and like most of the times that I've watched this trilogy, it was like that. I could do it whenever I wanted. I could fucking pause and go take a piss. <laughs> right. And I mean, the day will come when we can watch the whole Spider Verse trilogy front to back, like just sit there like all day and watch all three movies, and that'll be fine. And and as far as like to bring it back to the cliffhanger thing, like it's not to me, it's not a cliffhanger because. It's very clear at the end of this movie that Beyond the Spider-Verse is going to start exactly where this movie ends. Like, it is literally going to pick up at the next scene. And so, like I said, it's not – It you don't walk out of the movie theater wondering, wow, what are we going to be doing in the next movie? You know exactly what we're going to be doing in the next movie. Yeah. It's very clear. Yeah. and 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 they didn't – ended on a on a, a situation like I described where it's like what's the fate of this that's if right. they didn't do a thing like that it, the, like the, it it just didn't have internal resolution but I think that's fucking fine I don't mind that if again if I know the third movie's coming if right. I know that it was that it was planned like that it's not fun when it's piecemeal when a movie is left open ended like that and then like never plays out there's a lot of movies like that a lot of these movies that try to establish some kind of cinematic universe, the dark universe and all mm-hmm. these other fucking things. But, um, but here it just, it didn't feel that way. It just felt like, ah, d- damn it. I got to wait, but, but yeah. I'm so excited. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like hype building. Right. And I think, yeah. And I, I do think these two movies will work really well. Well watched together. I don't know. Kill Bill. You watch Kill Bill volume one and go like, man, I don't think that was, uh, there was not enough uh, internal resolution, even though there, there, there actually kind of was in it, but anyway. Right. But I mean, it was also put out with the general design that obviously there's going to be part one, part two, but anyway, like I said, it's, it's a very good movie. Everybody should see it. I mean, watch the first one too, obviously, because that's the setup for the second one so that you can like understand what it is that's going on in the second one. And yeah, they're just really good animated movies. 
Yep. Anyway, on that note, I think we're going to bring this uh, episode to a close. We're going to bring the old people music back now. We're going to bring the old people music back. Uh, just to give all the plugs and stuff. Uh, I think uh, Jen can take it away, and then I can also talk a little about my streams and whatnot. Sure. So, obviously, you know where to find us here on Call-In. Um, usually here, Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Obviously, you can catch us live. You can catch us after the fact on Podcast Catchers. Our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, usually drops on Mondays, and you can find that on all your podcast catchers. You can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. I am Neon Taster on Twitter. Also, my second account, Neon Tooster, N-E-O-N-2-S-T-E-R, where I tweet about video games and stuff. Uh, I stream Tears of the Kingdom these days over on twitch.tv slash Neon Taster and then post those streams later to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Neon Taster. And also follow Ambitious Crossover Attempt on YouTube for the streams that we did and do will do in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much, and we will see you all on Sunday. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Noah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you.